get the room ready. Yeah. Are we ready? Awesome. Guys, Mike, Joe, cheers. Cheers. Thanks for coming. Cheers. Thanks Appreciate for having it. us. <clears throat> Joe, I think uh, we met as well as Mike, you know, in passing um, when I was training with Matt Krieger at Advantage Health back when you were um, in the Homedale School That's for right. Henzo. That's right. How many years ago was that now? It was like... Um, so the Homedale School opened up in 2009 and we were there, I believe, five years, I think, till, till 2014. Yeah, so that was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Good eight years ago. Yeah, you still look good. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I wish I could hang with you two. Uh, Soon I'll get the jujitsu down. Um, you know, something that we did a little bit of housekeeping, this podcast slash YouTube series is about spotlighting local business owners and talking to guys who either said, I'm, I'm tired of doing the traditional route, which mm. is working for the man or sitting in a cubicle or I didn't want to do the college route. Um, you guys are kind of a blend of the both. You went to trade school. Yeah. You didn't pick the college route. You end up um, taking up jujitsu pretty heavily. Um, Mike, you were a uh, police officer, former police officer now, and you finally retired and said, hey, you know what, I'm going to start a business, which is this gun defense business that you guys both uh, <clears throat> now own um, and operate. Um, so thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, brother. Um, where is the business out of again? Hazlitt. Hazlitt. Um, how many people are you instructing nowadays a, a month on a regular basis? It, it varies, uh, kind of goes up and down depending, especially on the weather. Our, our range is outdoors. So, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, this past few weeks was a little rough, but, um, weekends are pretty busy. Yeah, I prefer, I prefer the outdoor ranges. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I feel a little, I feel a little nervous in the indoor ranges, not to. You know, throw shade at anybody who owns one. It's just no, for sure. If you sit back, like, and just watch the whole line on yeah, an indoor sketchy. range of guys who, people who didn't have any instruction, right? They're just kind of like going there for fun. Um, didn't really take any instruction or classes. You'll see so many safety hazards going on yeah. in just a really short amount of time. That's, you know, it actually kind of turned you off to indoor ranges, maybe a little bit. And oh, sort absolutely. Of like, uh, and that's not to talk bad about them. Yeah. Because we have the same issues that we deal with on our range. P people are brand new. Uh, but the, the beauty is when there's only one person, we do one-on-one -on -one sessions at, at our range. When it's just one person, we could put 100% attention onto that person for their instruction, for their learning, but also for the safety aspect, right? For mm -hmm. them and us, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now, we had, you know, you trained a lot of the people within your municipality you worked for. Um, you also were doing some training for firearms and rifle and sniper for the state of New Jersey. Um, so you have a pretty you know, vast background in regards to gun safety and actually the, the use of a firearm. Um, talk a little bit about your background on that, you know, for your former employer, as well as what you still do uh, with the state. Yeah, so I was an instructor for my department and has a police department since 2002, uh, where I instructed my own uh, uh, other, other guys and girls that we worked with there uh, for qualifications and our training. Uh, from there, I went to the Department of Criminal Justice, and I kind of volunteered as an instructor out there um, from 2008 until, until the present time, where we do handgun, uh, rifle, or patrol rifle, shotgun, sniper, and that's for agencies throughout the state uh, to go back to their departments to be instructors for their now, what, agencies. What type of agencies? Uh, anything from, you know, municipal police departments uh, to state police, 
they all come through these classes uh, to get their instructor certifications to go back and be able to teach for their agencies for qualifications and training yeah, back for for their agencies <clears throat> How, how long does it take to become qualified as an instructor or, or certified, I Well, the, say. the instructor course is a 40-hour uh, course, and after, after you pass that um, through the Police Training Commission uh, and you get your instructor certification, then you're able to instruct for your department. If you maintain a, a PTC certification, you can teach instructors uh, or other uh, agencies as well. Mm -hmm. um, so just a regular firearms instructor, uh, can go back and teach um, students from their agency or uh, officers from their agency. But when you have a, a PTC certification, then you're able to instruct other yeah. officers. And and knowing the two of you and knowing Joe being an instructor slash teacher in the jiu-jitsu world, Mike did it as well. You've all always been about defense. You've always been about safety of others. I, I've, I've watched your courses for years. Yeah. Um, you know, as a police officer, former police officer, you know, making sure that you keep the public safe is extremely important. Um, and as you've walked through, you know, the changes over the last, you know, 10 years in that world, um, what are some of the things that are red flags to you that come up that really, you know, maybe take away from the police officer being able to defend himself and or the public? Well, I can tell you that in the past uh, year or so, we've seen like a downturn in uh, society. Things have started to go um south and a lot of people are purchasing guns and going at it with no training so i kind of saw this um, as an opportunity and was actually asked by a friend repeatedly if we could we could get together and do some training so i started doing a put together a class uh, for a friend of mine and, and a few of his friends and as soon as the class was over they asked if we could do another class for uh, we did a handgun class, they wanted to do a rifle class, and then they wanted to do a shotgun class. And it was at that point I realized that I think there's a, a bigger opportunity out there to, to start helping other people that are new to firearms or people that just haven't had the right training. So our, our ultimate goal is to get people how to understand um, how to operate safely, not only on the range, but a lot of people are doing this for home defense. Yeah, I, I want to drill down on that a little bit more from the safety of the public what the police can do to keep me safe, right? So I purchased my two weapons um, um, right prior to the election in 2020. You hear this crazy talk of stuff online. You hear the QAnons. You hear the, you know, uh, about the uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter. And you see cities being burned down. And you hear all this craziness. And you're saying as a homeowner who I have at the time a one-year-old son and a, and a wife, you know, you're thinking like, shit, if stuff goes down, like it doesn't even seem like the police officers can protect me. I got to worry about protecting myself. Yeah, their um, hands are tied talk, as well. Yeah, t talk about that a little bit and then talk about how you brought the jujitsu in without firearms to really protect yourself as well as others. Well, as far as the, the, the training um, that we do for our students, we see a lot of students now that are that are purchasing guns but really don't know how to go about getting training or what to do as far as safely storing the gun in the home. So we take it from um, like a start to, to finish approach. There's many steps that are required in this. Getting the gun is, is I guess, your first step, but being able to operate it uh, safely on the range is one thing, but a lot of people are looking to defend their home. Like you said, you, you can't always rely on the police and understanding that if somebody does break into your home, that person's seconds away, uh, even though the, the police here, there's a, 
a, a great police department in, in, in your town here, their response time is going to be minutes away. Mm -hmm. So you might be forced to handle that situation on your own. And how, and how long do you typically train your people um, to get the weapon out as well as to be able to um, aim it on another person or shoot it at another we, person? We set up different standards drills, but our thing is being able to store the gun safely in the home, uh, but still have quick access. Uh, the use of biometric safes has uh, come along very good now. There's a lot of different safes out there that you can gain access to your gun and have it up and running very quickly. Uh, our standard is seven seconds. And uh, I have video of students doing that easily in seven seconds, removing the gun from the safe and making a hit on a, we have rubber dummy targets at our range, human torso type, and seven seconds making three good hits. Yeah. What's, what's a nice thing about having your own private range, right? Because uh, Mike's family owns the, the property in the range where we- uh, You guys we, are in Jackson. Where we teach at. Uh, it's Green just Ridge. past Great Adventure, yeah. Um, that we can set up mock bedrooms in a way like we can we can create the the same exact layout as their home is as their as their, their bedroom is that they're going to defend herself in the time where something goes wrong and that's they're coming to get their gun out of their safe they're moving to the part of the room uh where they're supposed to you know focus on the doorway push the gun out press the trigger on a rubber dummy target a certain amount of time um whereas maybe at some other ranges or obviously public ranges you can't do things like that right that's very unique. so we try to take it a little bit further than the standard Get your stance, put up a paper target, and press your trigger. And oh look, my group is okay. I'm a great shooter, right? It's it's so much more past that. Um, that you and know, you and you shot competitively since 2006. I 2006, so. yeah, yeah. So like my 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 firearms instruction or uh, my firearms training and and all in competition, all that it always got outshadowed by my jujitsu, you know, because that's mm -hmm. like number one to me. Yeah. You know, still to this day, um, I still love jujitsu so much. I started training in 1993. I've never stopped training since 1993. Yeah, both, both, um, you know, something to defend yourself, you know, the jiu-jitsu yeah, as well as the, for sure. the firearms. For sure. Um, but like you mentioned, I didn't go to college. I didn't go to college because I loved jiu-jitsu so much that I couldn't imagine moving out of the state where my school was or anything like that or going far away, living out of college um, and not being able to train every single day. Like, yeah, you were, you, were, you were fixated it was, on it. Yeah, it was like, because um, I was, you know, I was, what, training four or five years at that time. Um, those days were much different, you know, obviously, than now, nowadays. A little, a little bit about your jiu-jitsu, and we'll, we'll jump around between the two companies. Um, you train, obviously, at Henzo School. Henzo Gracie now. Middletown Martial Arts, yeah. Middletown Martial Arts. That's where I teach, yeah. Me and Hollis Gracie. Yeah, you and Hollis. And, and Paul Menore. Was, was Henzo the one who made you the black belt, right? Yes. Yeah, I got my black belt from Henzo in uh, 2009. I've... Uh, trained with Henzo throughout the years, but I've also been a, a longtime student of John Donaher. So John Donaher um, gave me my purple belt and gave me my brown belt and cornered me in uh, one of my super fights for MMA. And uh, I trained with him. The first time I trained with John was 2000. So that could give you a, an example yeah. of how long yeah. I trained with John. A long so time. a really good mix of John and Henzo kind of makes up my style. And um, I, th I like to think that's why Mike chose me. For I was the, say uh, you guys met through. <clears throat> I like to think the gym, it's right? Because he thought I was such a great instructor in jujitsu that he, I just, he had to bring me over to the, the firearms. Well, you're always humble. Stuff. You're, you're, you're nice. Yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't, that's the thing. You don't, you don't try to be uh, arrogant that's or, true. or tough. And I know you could, you know, so kick my head off quickly, uh, or choke me out. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes too humble, I think. Did you guys meet? Um, you guys met at the school, correct? Yeah. So I started training jujitsu in a. Guy's house in Middletown. Uh, 
taught under a, a Middletown police officer, Steve Dollinger. And then when Henzo's school opened up. Crazy Steve. Yep. <laughs> when, Henzo's, <laughs> when Henzo's school opened up, we, uh, our school, or uh, Steve and Joe, uh, all our students met. And I started training um, at that school. And a lot of that training wound up uh, being under Joe. And then, um, yeah, I did a lot, lot of jujitsu with, with Joe. And actually kind of how we got involved with firearms, he would ask me, you know, hey, could you take a look at this gun or um, having an issue with this or can you fix that? So I did some gun work for Joe. Uh, this guy's amazing, by the way. Yeah. So, I mean, all the accolades he has and teaching for all these things is Gunsmithing, like full, full FFL. I mean, anything you need done with as far as firearms related, buying the gun, uh, getting pr uh, training on the range, uh, buying ammo, Having your gun worked on, gun cleaning, it doesn't matter what Can it is. Can you guys get this deals guy on ammo? Yes, yeah, we, we do sell ammo. We sell ammo yeah. of, our, of our shop, yeah. yeah. I definitely need some more 9mm yeah. ammo, so. So do I. I'll be coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I want to stay on the jujitsu just for a minute. So as a former police officer who was, you know, dealing with people in, you know, you know, streets, for lack of a better term, you had to make sure that you were defending yourself as well as, you know, the public. Um, what did jiu-jitsu do for you and being able to do that? So, as far as jiu-jitsu with law enforcement, it's my belief, I, I feel that every officer should at least attain a blue belt. Um, I think that your ability to not only be um, offensive and control somebody, but jiu-jitsu teaches you so many lessons, right? Um, the first time you ever get choked, you're like, this is really uncomfortable, right? You panic. Uh, starts breathing heavy and then after training you just you get to a little while and you realize you just need that much room that much space to hold on that might be that fraction of a second to be able to get loose and as a police officer we can't lose right we can't we have a gun on our side if we get choked out or if we get beat up that right. could be the it's end life or death yeah so understanding the the lessons that that you learn in that i think is priceless um far more than just the the moves and being able to complete those moves themselves. So I think that in law enforcement, um, you often hear today people talking about the training that law enforcement officers get uh, and from both sides uh, of the aisle, uh, how officers are undertrained or how they overreact or do certain things. Um, you're always at a disadvantage as a police officer because you have to react to what this person's doing, um, whether that's pulling a gun or a physical alter altercation or what have you so and now you have to think about the law that's seen right to be coming now, after now um, and, uh, you're as a police officer expected to just be punched or kicked or even shot um, and the criminals are now the victims um, so it's gotten worse and worse even uh, not being able to uh, choke somebody uh, yeah, unless it's, it's a, a deadly situation so I mean you've, you've trained jiu-jitsu yourself a little bit and I could ask you what what would you feel you would rather be punched in the face and knocked out choked or out choked out, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not that that's fun, but... A minute, a minute later, everything's fine. Yeah. Your, your uh, jaw's still in place. Teeth are still there. Um, but uh, unfortunately, a lot of the, the lawmakers and, and, and people... Um, yeah, they seem to be coming after cops. Now, right. do you guys at, at your school run any special programs for law enforcement? Um, not specifically. Uh, we do some programs for, like some incentive programs uh, for police officers, some discounts and such like that. But throughout my years of teaching and training and all that, 
I can't tell you the amount of law enforcement and military guys I've trained. Mm-hmm. Just an, an absurd amount of people. I remember when I was training with Matt with you guys. It was it was a ton of yeah. Middletown and yeah, and, and it's fantastic. Like I, I I really love when that's that's the case, um, because like Mike said, I mean, I used to train this this uh, this this cop from uh, where I, where I was at, and he was a big muscular guy, strong guy, and if you looked at the guy, you'd probably be intimidated a little bit just on appearance because, I mean, he's a big big massive man. And when I was training him and teaching him, his whole thing was, um, he said, I'm scared that I'm going to pull over or try to arrest a 17-year-old kid one day, and he's going to have been training jiu-jitsu since he was 12, and he's going to take me down, choke me out, and take my gun out. So since that's the case, and I know that's possible because I started training jiu-jitsu, I know that that is more than likely the case uh, to happen if I meet someone that trained, and I didn't train, so... He's like religiously did privates and classes and training. I don't like. I remember and, watching like the, like Bobby Johnson's young daughter. I don't yeah. know how she was like maybe 15, 16 yeah, at the time. Yeah. And she's she wrestling was, now for uh, yeah for college. Yeah, she's that's the really youngest one. Too. I was talking about the the older daughter. <clears throat> oh yeah, 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 yeah. The youngest one. She's a beast she's in awesome, wrestling. Right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I Bobby's mean, a great guy too, man. Yeah, I yeah. He's guy. crazy, dude. I love him. Love that guy. But they, you know, you're watching these little girls choke, you know, grown men out, and you're like, wow, I'm I'm soft, like I'm vulnerable. Yeah. And, For real, um, you know what you guys are doing with you know both jujitsu and and the gun defense program. Um, you're giving back, and I think that you guys see uh, a weakness in the society, especially again post you know 2020. And I wanted to go back now to the guns. I think there was a stat, you know, in 2020 there was the most guns purchased ever in the state of New Jersey, as well as the whole entire United States. Do you guys right. know the number on that approximately? I, I, I wouldn't be able to rattle that number off the top of my head. but uh, I did know it because it was a big uh, selling point for us, but uh, it's, it was a very, very large number. Um, and, and so th- our whole thing was like, man, if you get a gun, most people get a gun and they think they're good. I got a gun. I'm good. I'm going to defend myself, defend my family. They don't have, uh, you know, without one day of instruction or anything, uh, any repetitions on that gun for tactics. But the biggest thing is for safety, right? Like... When you're in your home, and Mike was saying, as you're in your home or you're on the range, it's two totally different things. On the range, it's very simple. Keep your gun pointed down range at all times. Don't touch it when uh, someone's down range, and you're good, right? When you're in your home and you're taking your gun that's loaded out of your safe and you want to uh, unload your magazine, well, which direction is it facing? Where's your finger, right? Like, there's little things uh, that they're very common sense after they're taught, but when they're not taught to you and never brought up, you just never think about them. And um, you know, we see it. We see it at the range with new students. I mean, almost every day. Every day we're there. It's not anyone's fault, but owning a gun is simply not enough. Yeah. Just buying the gun and saying I'm good is not enough. Now, Mike, talk about some of the programs that you guys, as a company, that uh, you've put out there and you're selling now. Uh, I know you, you talked to me, which I thought was something super interesting. Is you actually come to my house and you build a, you know. What would you call it? A home defense plan. Home defense plan. Right. So for me specifically, generally we start off with, um, you know, we can help uh, our customers or students with selecting a gun, right? Making the right purchase. Oftentimes we have people that have a, a certain gun in mind and they've never shot it or think that they need a revolver or think that they need a certain type of gun. Uh, what we like to do is have people come out to the range, try out the gun, and then we can get them into a gun that's comfortable for them. But 
one of the big things that uh, Joe and I teach as far as a home defense gun, it's got to be capable of holding a weapon-mounted light. So everything that we teach and instruct revolves around not only a tactical win for our student, but a legal win as well. We want you to come out on the winning side, understanding that the likelihood of ever having to use a gun in our home is, is, is relatively low, mm -hmm. right? But the safety aspect of it and what we do uh, is, is extremely important, storing the gun safely in the home. So our, our safety class, we really try and um, craft that around a home defense plan, right? So like what Joe was saying, as far as operating within the home, as opposed to being on the range. So the international firearm safety rules, we cover that, but we break it down so you understand it as uh, you're operating in your home, right? After we cover that, we cover the, the features and functions of your specific gun. So the students bring their gun to the safety class. We bring dummy rounds. We teach them how to load a magazine. We teach them how to load the gun. We teach them how to unload it, make it clear, safe, and empty for transport or travel or cleaning, what have you. After we cover those things, we go over um, the fundamentals of marksmanship, stance, grip, sight alignment, trigger press, and follow through. And then from there, we cover clearing malfunctions. Then we go into safe storage of a gun in the home, understanding um, the different types of now, biometric what, what would safe. you say is the, the best way to store a gun in the home? Um, for we, we want to be able to have quick access, like we were talking about before. Um, having a gun uh, with a trigger lock or a cable lock, that's not quick access, right? It's unrealistic to think that in the middle of the night you're going to get those little keys and take your trigger lock off and Three take that out of the morning, gun. Yeah. Uh, in we dark, have a student who does this. In, in the dark, yeah. under pressure, then load the gun. Um, like I said, the person that, that comes in your back door or front door, they're seconds away. So that's an unrealistic expectation um, to be able to, to be ready like that. So we cover the different types of biometric safes. Now, what is a biometric safe for uh, the people that don't understand? Right, so you're able to open up the safe with your fingerprints. Yep. Um, also have a punch code and then a key for, yeah. for backup. It does all three, yeah. Being able to, to have this in a location where you're easily able to... Uh, Accessible, yeah. Yeah, having it buried underneath clothes. Everything that we do, we want this to be minimal movement, right? And like I said, from a legal standpoint, we're not going on a seek and destroy mission. Uh, we want to stay... Guarded uh, in a room where you're pushed back. Right. I, I want to be where, um, you know, my family members are in an area where we're not going to have any kind of crossfire situation. So that's why we talk about having the home defense plan, because if you don't have that plan in place uh, prior to somebody coming in your home, you're probably not going to whip up a good plan, uh, you know, yeah. when you hear breaking glass or the door kicked in. So the legal know? side of things, this is always interesting to me because the state, uh, uh, a state that we live in, um, is pretty strict with these rules, right? So right. someone breaks into your home and, you know, you have to take their life to protect your family. You know, what are the main points you would give to somebody um, and you teach in your course to make sure that legality-wise, you don't end up in a really bad litigious situation? So, like, from the start, uh, Joe and I, uh, we always say this, that we are not here to sit and say that if somebody enters your home that they're gonna leave in a body bag or you're gonna fill no, them through a lead. No. We don't talk like that. But if you the have The ultimate to. goal is to never ever have to press the trigger in your home, right? But if we do, uh, like I said, we're gonna stay put. Your home is your last point of retreat, right? You're not obligated to leave your home, right? Uh, I live on a second story of my home. I'm not going to jump out the window and, and leave everybody else in the house. You can't. Um, I have to defend that. Um, so when we look at this, 
from a legal standpoint, having a weapon-mounted light for positive threat identification, right? We have to have it. So somebody comes into your home and now, uh, unfortunately, you had to press the trigger and now you're testifying and being asked, uh, did you did you shoot my client at two o'clock in the morning? Yes. Uh, were the lights on in your home? No. How, how did you know that this person was a threat? How do you know they weren't there asking for help? So when you're able to articulate the fact that you had a weapon amount of light, you recognize that this person did not belong in your home. Um, and that they were advancing towards you in a threatening manner. They didn't know where else uh, these, to go. Are, these are things that are going to cover you legally. Um, the the other and that's important because that, listen, as crazy as it is, again back to the law enforcement, you see police officers losing their job, and some maybe have, have done things wrong. Others, they're just simply defending themselves, and they end up in in a situation where they may be losing their job or they're in court. Um, these are tough places to be. So as a person who owns a gun and I want to defend my family, I'm also a sharp guy. I'm thinking, how do I stay out of trouble if God forbid I had right. to do this? We don't want our students uh, winding up in something like this and then going to jail. So yep. having that, that weapon mounted light is something that um, to us that's paramount, right? It's almost as important as the gun itself. I need to right? get one of those. <laughs> so um, is, is this a, a person that, that has Alzheimer's and walked into your home or, or an autistic person or somebody that's drunk, I can tell you from personal experience, I've had this happen multiple times as a police officer, responding to somebody's house where somebody else walked in, uh, even spent the night, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, drunk on their couch. Um, so I think some of my friends these, might have been the guys. These people are not threats. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make them a bad person, but uh, yeah, these people aren't threats. And and to be able to have yourself equipped and then knowledgeable, trained uh, in, in what to do. So having that home defense plan, what you were asking before, is something that we do where we come to the home and we look at the layout of your home, where your kids are sleeping, where your wife is sleeping, how your house is set up and how to properly do that. And with the use of a laser uh, training kit, we bring a laser training kit, put a laser bullet in your gun, we set up targets in locations and we do time drills and get you to understand how to get the gun out of the safe, how to get into position and hold that position and use your weapon mounted light and these are things that you can practice so jumping back in the the lasers that, that the course that you're talking about how does that work it sets up as an app it's it's a target in your house well I, i'd like to talk about this but this is joe's specialty right here this is uh his all right his... so give me give me <laughs> give me the uh no so so like um so like i said i was competing in um a competitive shooter since 2006 and Back then, it was like, you're just going to shoot. You go to the range, see how you do. And afterwards, you're like, oh, man, I do so good today. Oh, I can't get back. Can't wait to get back to the range next time because I'm going to try to do better. There was no, like, for me, for me, I'm talking. There was no way to, like, work on what little things you needed to do. At least I wasn't aware of it yet. So at that point, the more experienced shooters that I became friends with were talking about dry fire. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm like, you mean just press the trigger with no bolts in it? That's kind of silly. But what happens is... Uh, Dry fire is like the most incredible thing you can do to become proficient with your firearm and um, just for even safety purposes for new Why? shooters. Well, for new shooters, just having the gun in their hand and manipulating the slide, taking the magazine out, doing mag changes, whatever case, just having it in their safe. We have people that come to our class and they learn all the safety. Our, our safety class is like three and a half hours. It's long, very intensive. Um, what does that cost, the safety class? Uh, 150, 150 bucks for the whole thing. It's a great deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Get me, that's great. So they'll put their, they'll go home, 
put their gun in their safe and for three months not touch it, right? So like all of a sudden now they want to open their safe and like, you know what, I want to go to the range. Yeah. And they're like, wait, what which is way, the code? Which way do I, <laughs> which way do I grab it? Am I supposed to push this button first to take the magazine or, you know, and um, we, want it, we want you to be a little bit more familiar with the gun. Dry fire, just by dry firing, you already have the gun in your hand for a brand new shooter. Uh, when it comes to experienced shooters or um, competitive shooters, um, the whole secret to shooting is being able to press your trigger without disrupting your sights, right? So the more time I can keep my sights on target with a perfect stance, a perfect grip, perfect sight alignment, a perfect, perfect trigger control, and press that trigger without having that front sight move, doing it over and over and over again, I get hundreds of reps in throughout the week. Muscle and then memory. when I go to the range, that was the same exact thing I was doing the entire week, right? It's just like shooting hoops. It's that it's, muscle it's memory, right? So what happened was like, I was dry firing with just my pistol that I was competing with, and I'd press the trigger, because uh, what I would do is stand about five to seven yards away, and I'd cut a little one inch by one inch square, and stick it behind my light switch cover. So I had this little one inch target, I was just aiming on pressing the trigger, drawing over and over, right? Um, but after that, I started to realize like, hey man, like, I'm pressing the trigger, my fundamentals are good, uh, but there's no result. Like, I'm not being yeah, able not to tell. That it's yeah, we're, I think I did good, but yeah. I don't really know. So at that time, I bought what's called a CERT pistol. It's a training pistol, and every time you press the trigger, uh, it shoots one red, red laser, one, one dot, right? Um, and it's modeled after like a Glock 17, or at least the version I had was. Uh, has a detachable magazine, has a resetting trigger, has crude Glock sights like they pretty much have, and a, a, a sucky trigger like the Glocks do. But I'm, I love Glock, by the way. Mm -hmm. Big Glock guy. I'm a Glock so, Sounds like he loves them. No, I really do. I really do. <laughs> he does. Mike's a SIG guy. But, uh, so what happened was I was practicing with that, that training pistol over and over and over. And then I'd go to compete, but then I was competing with my other gun, my yeah. gun, my real gun. And it just didn't feel the same. It didn't mm -hmm. feel the same um, drawing my pistol out of my holster. The trigger's not even close. The sights aren't good. The weight is different, right? So I'm like, man, this isn't, this is kind of giving me like a different feel. Um, and feels important. When I'm practicing everything. with a gun that I'm not going to uh, compete with. And the thing about the laser uh, training kits that we sell is you're actually taking a laser bullet and you're putting it into the exact same gun that you're going to Now, what does a laser bullet with. mean to somebody that has no clue? So a laser bullet, um, you, you, you open your slide, right? You, you lock the slide to the rear and you place your laser bullet into your chamber. And you close the slide and every time you press the trigger, one red laser will shoot out of your, your gun. The benefit is you're getting to dry fire as much as you want, wherever you want, not costing you a penny, right? Because we know the price of ammo. Yeah. Getting all this repetition in with the same exact gun that I would compete with or that you're going to defend your home with or whatever the person is doing with it. You can let the kids train with it. It's safe. It's a great way to introduce kids for sure. But um, you're getting to use that exact same pistol that you would use in whatever you're going to use the pistol for. <clears throat> not having to use some plastic training pistol. Um, on top of that, the laser training kit comes with a, a target you shoot at. Uh, we, it has an app and it goes through your camera on your phone. So it'll take a picture of the target you're shooting and it tells you where the hits were, 10, 9, 8. Um, it records all of your hits, right? Yeah, it records all your hits. It saves them to your camera roll. Um, you can compare to the others. You can send them to your friends. Like, yeah, this is what I just did. And I would say like, Michael have like all tens, but I know he walks up to the target. And it, just goes, <laughs> it just goes like this. And then he sends I'm just gonna us. beat Joe. We're like, yeah, dude, come on. get on the mat. Let me no way, out. no he way. He doesn't know where I stand. <laughs> it's right there. Um, but as far as, as far as. And what do those kits cost? $105. Really? That's crazy. Less than three That's boxes so of ammo. Less than three boxes of ammo. And like, 
And what is ammo up per box now for, you know? Uh, you that's know. a good question. It's expensive. Uh, even, I know, I was looking it's at the 500 rounds was yeah, like... Three boxes of even 9mm right now is going to cost you more than 105. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So forget about 45 and... Yeah, and so on. Stuff like that, yeah. The um, results that we have with these laser kits, are it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, from advanced shooters all the way down to recruit training, I, I've used it for um, police recruits. Used it today at a, a girl that she's she's training. Um, she's going to be going to the police academy shortly. It's an excellent way to train when you can't get to the range, but it's also an excellent way to train if you have somebody that's developing uh, flinch or anticipation because you don't have that recoil. And that's right. We we have students from seven years old all the way up to eighty six. Um, the one the one woman we have shoot she's eighty five, and I can tell you that. In the beginning, she shot okay, but started to develop a, a, a little flinch. She began training with the laser training kit, and I cannot tell you how good she shoots. It's unbelievable, uh, and she's super competitive. Her name's Paula. Uh, I, I use her as one of my model students. She is unbelievable, and, and what she said, and it makes sense for everybody to hear it, every time she presses the trigger, she treats it as if it's a laser and there's no explosion so she doesn't think about recoil and every shot she, she her shot placement's right unbelievable and when do you guys run these courses and you know tell me the actual programs that you guys have lay it out for the people watching what are the different programs you have how many are there and then how often do you actually do you know the three-hour course that joe was talking about earlier so we try to do that once a week um, you know, it we might be uh, one or two students or uh, up to, up to you know, five, six people, seven people. Trying to give it small purpose in, in the class, yeah. yeah so you can we, give proper more attention. attention. Exactly. We have uh, myself, Joe, and another instructor, uh, Vinny. He just retired from the police department in Hazlitt as well. So uh, most of the time there's three of us there, and we're able to help each person through the weapons manipulations uh, part of it and keeping everybody up to speed throughout the class, um, which is very important. We don't, we, we, we say it's a three and a half hour class, but uh, oftentimes it goes a little bit longer because we're not, we're not there to kick people out. We want everybody's questions answered and we want everybody to feel comfortable with what we're teaching them, you know, before they so leave. So what would you say to a guy, he has watched what has gone on with BLM and Antifa and everything we have seen in this crazy world over the last two, three years. He really thinks that a gun should be in the house to protect the family, but he has a wife who's afraid or doesn't have, you know, a father who, you know, had a gun in the household. You know, what are you doing to get that type of family over the hump and make them feel comfortable and safe, which is most important, um, with having a gun? We've had several uh, incidents like this uh, in just the past few months. I've actually had some students that won't come to the class. They want us to come teach in their home because... Um, as they said, they're anti-gun mm -hmm. up until mm -hmm. last year. Uh, yeah. We've had several, several students say that. Um, I was anti-gun up until last year. Um, do they say why? Just do they say why they're anti-gun until last year? I, I try to avoid politics, obviously, in but my it's class. The politics. Um, but yes, they saw uh, what happened. So people, I think everybody did, right? It's yeah. like, not I, everyone I, felt. I watch the news. I feel like no one sees it, but I feel like everybody sees it. Yeah. I don't know. It's like this unspoken thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. You know, people are paying attention. So That's we, right. we do those safety classes in a classroom setting, but we also do them uh, in home um, for people that don't feel comfortable in a classroom setting or don't want other people knowing they have a gun. And I get that. Um, you know, some people are just very private. 
it's something that it's actually part of our safety class as far as you know keeping a, a low profile and out of sight out of mind is kind of the way to operate with that Absolutely. we don't want to be walking out of our house with our gun case mm -mm. letting everybody know we're going to the range um so yeah we've had uh, several uh, people where only the husband will come or only the wife uh, actually more often than not it's the wife that comes yeah and uh, we have a lot of people that don't feel that they need a safety class or they don't need instruction um, that's something to touch on actually that's a big yeah that's I, a big I, thing I, yeah, I do actually want to you get a lot on that. we have we have uh, there's so many people even friends of mine that I know that they have a gun and they went to you know uh, some local range you know around here and they shot a piece of paper that wasn't moving and their group was, you know, uh, a six-inch group at, you know, five yards With or a buddy who's been they're shooting happy for five years. Yeah. yeah, and then they're like, you know, I'm kind of good. Or they're posting pictures on Facebook or social media saying, like, look at my group. Look how good this is. Um, when, honestly, those groups really aren't that great. Like, yeah. if you're not shooting, like, a quarter-size group is at there five yards. Is specific you want to go after, Joe? No, no, no. Right now. No, there's a I'm lot. No, it's a lot. It's a lot. And it's, it's not everybody. That, yeah, because, you know, here's the thing. When I first started shooting, I thought the same thing. Like, I did the same thing until someone taught me. Someone told me that it was, it could be this way. And then all of a sudden I'm like, man, there's actually like, like, like we were talking about earlier. If you just go to the range, press the trigger a couple of times and see how you did. And then you don't practice again until the next time you go, you're just kind of like throwing it out there to see what you can do. But imagine you're like, wait, how was my, how was my grip? Was my stance okay? How's my side alignment? How's my trigger press? How did right? I take the How's my off? follow through? Yeah. Right. There's all these things that need to go through. Um, so that's why dry fire is so important because in dry fire, you can work on every little one of those things. I like to tell the students a lot of time, it's hard for, especially beginner students, fire a live round and then kind of diagnose what the issue was for them. Because a live round's going off, there's a little bit of anticipation there. So they, they shoot up to the left. Is it because their grip wasn't good? Did they press the trigger too hard? It's kind of too hard to tell because there's a lot of anticipation, it's a live round. If I use the laser trainer kit and I press the trigger, and my shots up and off to the left, I could stop right there and look exactly what the problem is. I could, mm -hmm. I could diagnose one of those fundamentals from another, right? Um, I wouldn't even say accuracy, honestly, for the home defense. I would say you're in a situation that all of a sudden you have all this adrenaline rush in your body and your mind. That's right. And if you've never been in a, a fight or you've never been in a situation like that where it's potentially life and death, yeah. Like your body operates completely different. I know that you guys probably go through some of that with your courses. Yeah, well, like to say, like if you don't have a plan um, for for home defense, where you know worst case scenario, the door kicks in at two a.m. Whatever case may be, and you think you're just gonna whip up a plan in that moment, uh, you're kind of doomed for failure. Right? Now, what does it cost to say you guys come to my house and build me a home defense plan? So, it's it's usually about two hundred dollars uh, to two twenty five. Most houses, you know, we're going to have to... To protect my family, that's, that's pennies. Like I, but this yeah. is something that you can practice after we leave, um, especially if you have your own laser training kit. You can set yourself up. And one of the things that, you know, is important is having your wife involved, right? Um, making sure she knows what to do. I think most people are conditioned. Um, they hear the door kick in or glass break. What do they want to do? Dial 911. And like I said before, 911 is minutes away. The person in your house is seconds away. So being able to be in a position where you're able to defend your home, have your gun out and be ready, uh, as opposed to just calling 911 and waiting, uh, two different things. Um, I, I think that I'm literally gonna get on your schedule because my mm -hmm. wife is all about it, um, as well. well as getting to the range. 
um, in your course. I, I'll do all of them because I cool. think it's important. I, I don't I don't know all the safety measures. Yeah. So for as a uh, as far as a company, we offer um, the safety classes like we talked about, um, which is it's much more than just a safety class. A lot of guys we see put on safety. And the classes. full name of the company again? Uh, Duncan Defense. Duncan Defense. Yeah, DuncanDefense.com. DD. Perfect. Yep. Um, yeah, that's an important one, right? I guess yeah. we should have said that. DuncanDefenseConsultants.com. Yep. Yeah. Um, so uh, we do safety classes. We do one-on-one range instruction. We do home defense plans, as Mike was talking about. Um, complete FFL, so you can um, buy our pistol, buy your firearms through us, have them transferred to us, and, and such. Uh, complete gunsmithing work, cleaning. Uh, ammo sales, you know, basically we want it to be like a one-stop shop, right? We don't want to be like, well, I need to go over here to get my gun and then I'm going to go get ammo from over here. But yet I want to have this, uh, this optic placed on my gun. So where can I go? We do basically everything you could ask for, for your firearm. Now for the business end of it, right? For the business owners launching other businesses, maybe similar to yours. What are you doing from the perspective of social media, email grabs, you know, zapping info, creating landing pages. So you can drive people to your site and or your social media to purchase ammo. Because I'll be very honest, I didn't know that you guys sold ammo. Yeah, I so, just looked at you as a defense company. So I'll tell you what happened with that. Uh, early on, we were posting our ammo that was in stock because we get sh uh, weekly shipments. And I had a big problem with, uh, with Facebook. Um, they, were, they were shutting you down. They were shutting me down. Yeah. And still to this day, we're still like... Communism came in? Yeah. Yeah, so. we're still... I can't post anything about ammo. Um, and even some of the things I post just about the curriculum or... Now, are you grabbing... Things. Do you have a Facebook group, like, specifically for Duncan, like a Facebook group where people who have taken your classes, it's something maybe you guys should think about doing. Yeah, no, um, right now we just have our grab, page. Yeah, then you grab, a, you know, an email so you guys can email that out to your list of people, kind of yeah. like that's people you bank for later. That's hey, a good idea, yeah. you know, <laughs> you guys came through our course, where are you buying your ammo? We're running a sale. Right. So we're doing that, like, through email now. Um, not actually through Facebook, but it's a great idea. Uh, yeah. We'll probably look into that as well. But and the reason that we couldn't, um, we're, we can't promote the ammo sales as much as possible, which was was a big thing for us in the beginning because I was posting it, I posted everything we had, posting the prices, we were getting you know messages right away. Um, was that the you know safety guidelines and this and that and the other thing through Facebook? Um, they basically just shut us down. Yeah, so, it's crazy. So, um, you know. That's here nor there. But yeah, like, no, that's that's it's good to know, especially with the people that are local that may take your course that they could just purchase the ammo. Because I'll be honest, you know, I've shot guns up at a range. I've gone to a bachelor party. And I just shot a good amount of times, and I thought that now I'm married, I have a home, and this craziness is going on in the world. I should have something. Yeah. But when I'm going out to purchase ammo, I'm like, hey, for 500 rounds, is this a good deal? Is this a good deal? And just like money, it's a commodity, so yeah, the sure. value changes all the time. So That's having issue, people yeah. you trust, a former police officer, Joe, I know you, and yeah. everybody who follows me, you could definitely trust in Joe and Mike. You know, yeah. to know that you're getting a good deal, I think, is important on ammo. Sure, sure, absolutely, absolutely. So at the end of this podcast slash show, what I like to do is hit you guys with two questions regarding another local business owner. So it could be someone in Ocean County, could be someone in Monmouth County. You know, this is about spotlighting other business owners and giving them their minute or two minute, you want to say, a nice little commercial about them. Um, Mike, you can go with one. Joe, you can go with one. Whoever you want can go first. You can take as long as you want or as short ahead, as you want. I forget, the, uh, I forget the name of the company, but I know who I want to promote. Who is that? Uh, Matt Oviedo. 
Okay. He has a he, he started his own landscaping company uh, just a few months ago. Really good kid. It's a jiu-jitsu student of mine. Uh, he worked with us with, with Duncan Defense. He uh, was a longtime student with ours as well. Really, really great kid. Um, what town is he in? Uh, he's in Union Beach. That's where he lived. Mm. Uh, he's servicing the entire Monmouth County, though. Mm. Um, I can look it up on Facebook. Yeah, no, but, uh, no. We'll, we'll... <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Matthew Oviedo, O-V-I-E-D-O on Facebook. Uh, since he started his company, he's been extremely busy. I've had him to my house for numerous, numerous times. And uh, just a straight guy will give you a fair price, do the work honestly, and actually show up. Which now what the problem is, like, you know, you get those contractors, these yeah. guys... You know, uh, no one shows up anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I know it's inflation and all this sort of stuff. I, I, we had a, uh, a guy come to the house for given, uh, give us an estimate for uh, wood fencing. For Our yard's pretty big. Um, he gave us the estimate. was, yeah, yeah, I'm ready to do it as soon as possible. He gave us the estimate. We agreed on it. And then he never emailed back, never called, never showed up. I mean, it's just, yeah, it just I went hate to when the guys don't show up. And it's like a common thing now, you know, because there's... Well, a bigger job over here to get more money, yeah. right? Like, so uh, Matt will show up on time, and uh, he does a fantastic job. Good. Yeah. And Mike, what somebody you want to spotlight? So actually, I, I it's a spotlight and a thank you, uh, Mike Fabozzi from Remax uh, Realty. Um, Mike, a longtime friend of mine. He's uh, had an office in Atlantic Islands. He actually let us use his office, and uh, we were running our classes out of there. Unfortunately. He merged uh, with another group uh, in Remax, so he moved over to Aberdeen. But uh, great guy uh, in, in the real estate industry. Um, took took care of Joe and I uh, and, and the business. Uh, also a student and a, and a shooter. So um, I, I like any business. Uh, yeah, I could, I could send it's helping his you way. out. Absolutely, awesome for sure. Well, guys, you know, you guys have an IG page for Duncan no events. Uh, just on Facebook. Just on yep. Facebook. And the website again was? It's DuncanDefense.com. Uh, DuncanDefense.com. Yep, our, our classes and, and prices are up there. Um, so uh, also uh, setting it up for uh, booking classes and stuff on there as well. Listen, I'm 1,000% I'm, I'm going to do it myself uh, yeah, yes. with my wife if I can get a babysitter. <laughs> um, I appreciate you guys coming on. I personally believe that home defense is so important. Again, you don't have to be a competitive shooter, although that's awesome. Um, just being able to properly navigate your gun and be able to defend your family. Like, I know that I live for my fucking family every day now, sure. and I'll do whatever it takes to defend them. So to understand the, the, the legality side of it, as well as just making sure I'm doing the right thing so I can defend them mm -hmm. is extremely important. So what you guys are doing is awesome, and I appreciate you coming on. So cheers. Thank you, Thank you brother. Thank you again. Cheers. Thank you. Appreciate Absolutely. you having us. Absolutely.